0: Morning. Sorry about that. Take a second just to get organized here, so don't fall all over the place. Again, like I was telling um, the Sunday School crew this morning, uh, I just I want you guys all to know that we are. We're all part of one team. Uh, The church here at Versailles, all the churches across Missouri and different states that support Show Me, all the individuals, we all become one team to serve uh, these children, the children that need homes. And so I just want want to uh, uh, emphasize that. I want to emphasize the fact that it's not uh, us doing the work, it's us. Doing the work, all of us, each and every one of us, you guys and your your giving to Show Me, your support of Show Me, your volunteering over the years, your work at Show Me, um, all the things that have kept Show Me moving on over the last fifty years, that has contributed to you, and you are the ones doing the work. So I just want to I just want to make sure that I, I convey that to you as well today. And I won't talk a lot about Show Me. I did that this morning. If there's any questions about Show Me, well, um, I'll be here afterwards and you can ask me. There's a lot of information out on the table that you can take. It's yours to take. We bring it to give, so please see, please take it. Um, I also want to give you an opportunity, if you want a newsletter, to stay informed of what's going on at Show Me. Let me know that out there, and we'll put your name down, and you can do that. You could also go to our website. Our website's pretty easy to... Uh, navigate. Um, you can go there and sign up for a newsletter. It doesn't cost you anything. It just keeps you informed with what's going on at the youth home uh, each quarter. This morning, the message we're going to talk about this morning is it's uh, what does God expect from us? You know, what does God expect in our lives and for, for what us? what does he want us to do? How does he want us to act? And before I get started, I just want to let you guys know, I I am not a preacher. It's probably pretty obvious already. I'm not a preacher. I was a school teacher. And um, it's crazy because uh, you'd think being up in front of kids for 12 years and speaking, you wouldn't get nervous. But every time I get in front of a church, I'm nervous. And it scares me to death, actually. Um, but I just got to tell you the story. I was at a little church, and I had preached my sermon, and you know, this was a little church where they had to go to the back door and, and greet the people as they leave. Or, I don't know, I guess it's not greeting them. It's as they're leaving, they're, you know, telling you thanks or for coming or whatever. And this little boy comes up and he gives me a quarter. And I said, oh, oh, so buddy, you can just put that in the offering plate. And he goes, no, my dad said, you're the poorest preacher's ever heard. You, you need that quarter. So, So I want to just get the expectations right down there where you know, where they should be probably. But anyway, what does God expect from us? And I'm going to look at this in, in two different ways. First of all, we're going to look at some Scripture. What does Scripture say that God expects from us? And then we're going to look at some of the people, some of the history in the Bible and what, how these people responded to God and to God's love. And, and then we're going, to, we're going to bring that all together. So the first, we're going to look at some verses. The first verse we're going to look at comes from Micah 6.8. It says, He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. So what does God expect? He expects us to walk with Him. That's pretty simple. The next one, Jeremiah 33.3 says call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know well what does God expect from us he expects us to call on him I know this is a little bit different expects us to not look to the world he expects us to not look to the news or to Twitter or to Facebook or to even Google, he expects us to what? He expects us to call on him. So he expects us to walk with him, he expects us to call on him. The next one reminds me of a little story, but it comes from Revelations 3.20. And uh, it reminds me of a story of a new preacher. He's new to the community, which you guys have not had that in a long time, have you? Is Ninete- you say 19 years? That That is a blessing. I mean... You know, praise God that you had a pastor for 19 years at your, at your church. That is an absolute blessing to have that. Um, but this is a new pastor. He's in, new to the community. He doesn't know anybody. And he decides he's going to go out, and he's going to knock on the doors of the people in the congregation and, and visit with them. And uh, he, so he gets there, and he, he knocks on this door, and he hears somebody inside. But nobody comes to the door. So he knocks again. And he hears some more scrambling around and, and nothing. Nobody comes to the door. Well, Revelations 3.20, says, he, he says, he writes this note on the door because the people didn't come to the door. He writes the note. And he says, Revelations 3.20, here I am. I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone answers or hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and that person with me. And uh, he didn't think anything else about it. But then Sunday came along. And after church was over, he was going through the, the offering, and there was a little note, and it had Genesis 3.10 written on it. It said, he answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked. (laughs) So the guy did not want to come to the door because he couldn't come to the door. But anyway, Revelations tells us that all we need to do is listen for God. It says, what does he expect? He expects us uh, to to let us in, let him into our lives. That's what he expects. Hebrews 4.16. Let us then approach God's throne of, mer- of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. And i got to tell you, this is one that I really struggle with. I don't know about you, but I really struggle with, I probably shouldn't say this, but I, have struggle, I struggle with having confidence when I ask God for something. And you're thinking, why? Well, how many times do we, we neglect to ask God for some of the simplest things in our lives? We do that, don't we? I mean, it could be, uh, boy, I'm not feeling good today. Well, I'm not going to bother God with that. You know, I'm not going to bother God with, with my cold or with the situations that are going on in my life. Is that because we don't want to bother Him? Or do we just really not truly believe that He can fix that? And sometimes I think we just lack confidence in going to God with our problems, with our needs. But that's exactly, the Scripture tells us that's exactly what He wants. He wants us to have confidence in Him. He wants us to know that when we talk to Him, when we pray to Him, that He will answer our prayers. And we need to have that confidence. In Galatians 5.1, it is, it is for freedom. That Christ has set us free, stand firm, stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by your yoke of slavery and I wear this verse on my wrist all the time galatians five one and why, and, and, and when you think about that verse, you know we think we know that Jesus died for our sins, right We know that, but I think it goes way beyond that it 's much deeper. Jesus died to free us from those sins that we committed. So how many times do we drag those sins around with us? Well, everybody's going to look at me funny because I did this. Or I can't go and do this in the the ministry because, you know, I've done this in my past. Well, the truth is that, that, that God sent Jesus to die for our sins so that we can be free from those past sins. We no longer have to worry or carry that yoke. And I know that a lot of us, we can understand the yoke as farmers or as, or as people with livestock. We understand the fact that when you're yoked to something, that it's a burden, isn't it? That it pulls us down. It's something that weighs on us. And that's, that's what God does not want us to do. That's why he sent Jesus to die for our sins. So it's kind of amazing after we look at the scriptures, just these few scriptures that that's all that God's asking of us, isn't it? You know, God doesn't sit there and give us a whole bunch of impossible tasks to do. He doesn't say, today, Mark, you're going to talk to 25 non-Christians, and tomorrow you're going to do that same thing. He doesn't say that to us. He doesn't say, you're going to only be able to do certain things in this life. He doesn't do that to us. He doesn't restrict us. What he simply says is, walk with me, call on me, hear me, be confident in me, and allow me to give you freedom from your sins. And I have to ask the question after looking at those verses, why is it so hard to be a Christian? You know, we hear that a lot, don't we? It's just so hard to be a Christian these days. It's really not. Those are the simple things. We just have to simply walk with Him, call on Him, hear Him, be confident in Him, and allow Him to give us freedom. Well, let's switch gears right now. Let's go ahead and let's look at some of the people in the Bible. And let's look and see how they responded to God's love. And this is one of, one of the things that I, it really kind of... Um, I don't know, I guess I guess it's a soap, op, soap box, is that right? Did I get up on? We talk about characters in the Bible, and we talk about Bible stories. And I honestly think we need to change the way we talk. Because they're not characters and they're not stories. They're history. And they're real people. Just so that when the kids... I need the kids to understand... And even the adults understand, these are not fictitious, fictitious people. It's not Paul Bunyan. It's not things that didn't happen. The things in the Bible really, truly happened. So we're going to talk about some people and what they did, some extraordinary people and what they did. So this is actual history. David. We all know the story of David and Goliath. But David... No one wanted to go deal with this giant. Not the fiercest army. Can you imagine how disappointed David was? I'm sure David, when he went into that camp, and all of his heroes, all the people that he looked up to, were scared to go fight Goliath. I bet he was pretty disappointed. But then again, here's this young boy who says, you know what, I can go fight him. And what they try to do, oh, no, you're crazy, you cannot, you're just too small, there's no way you can do it. He says, no, I can go fight the giant. And they said, well, if you're going to do it, you need to put on all this armor. And they fit him with the armor, and he can't even move. He said, no, I can't do that. I'm just going to go face the giant, because why? Because he knew he had God on his side. Now, wow, what does God expect from us? Now we've kind of changed some gears there, haven't we? What does God expect from us? Does he expect us to to, uh, face the giants in our lives? Does he he expect us to do things that can possibly harm us? Is that what God expects? Let's look at another character. And this, this character is Ananias. And we're going to look at Acts 9, 10 through 15. In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision, Ananias. And i want to stop right there and we say, wow, that guy was a righteous man. How many of you have been dreaming and God has said, John or Rodney, I'm going to, I need you to do something for me. So we know Ananias was a pretty righteous man because God has called him by name. And he says, yes, Lord. That also tells me a lot right there as well that there is a personal relationship with God, isn't there? A very powerful relationship with God. Because not only did God call him by name, but Ananias said, yes, Lord, like this is not something unusual that happened to him. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man named Tars, named Saul, or from Tars, named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias Come and place his hands on him and restore his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he said, And he has come here on the authority of the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their king. And the people of Israel what did Ananias do he went he went and he did what God told him to do even though he was scared even though he faced being arrested even though he faced being killed he went because God called him to do that so is that was that what God expects us to do does God expect us to put ourselves in harm's way Let's look at the last example, Matthew 28, 16 through 20. And this is the disciples, the Great Commission. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And I'm going to stop right there for just a second. How many of you in your walk and your faith have doubted? Yeah, we have. I mean, I know I have. I've have doubted that, man, is, is God really big enough to handle this situation? Is God really going to watch out for me? And you know what gives me hope? Is that these 11 disciples, these men walked with Jesus for three years, right? Every part of their life was with Jesus. He, They watched Him on the cross die. They watched him put Him in Uh, the tomb, dead. Now they see him alive again. And what does it say? Some doubted. So there's, it's okay, I think. I think that's what it's telling us, that it's okay to doubt sometimes. You know, because these men had had seen it all and still had a little bit of doubt. So, So don't beat yourself up if you're sitting there today and go, well, I don't know if I really believe in this stuff. You know, gosh, God wants you to believe in it all. God wants you to believe in Him. God wants you to be His child. And, but it's, it's okay sometimes if you have a little doubt. I may be, missing this, or may be messing this all up. You know, I'm not, I'm not a preacher, but that's what it says to me, is that these guys doubted too, and it's okay. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And each one of these disciples did exactly what Jesus told them to do. And each and every one of them were killed for doing that, those things. Each and every one of them were crucified in some way or another. Is that what God expects from us? Does God expect us to die for him? So see, I'm kind of confused now. I don't know if you are, but I'm kind of confused because it said in the scriptures that we're just supposed to walk with him, call on him, hear him, be confident in him, and he would give us freedom. But these guys all took their faith to the point of death or threat of death. Well, I think that Paul kind of sums it up, kind of summarizes, brings it all together in Romans 12. It says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members. These members do not all have the same function. So in Christ, we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs all to the others. And I think this is very important. This is what Pastor was just talking about earlier. We all form the body of Christ. We have all, and it tells us in the next verse, we have, we have different gifts according to the... Uh, the gifts according to the grace given to each of, of us. Um, if your gift is prophecy, then prophesy. If it's a, uh, prophesy according to your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it's to teach, then teach. If it is to encourage, um, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do so diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Now I want to look. Jump back up there to verse 3 where it says, For by the grace given to me I say to, what? Every one of you. So it doesn't just say some of us. It doesn't just say that only the good-looking people. That would definitely leave me out. It doesn't say only the skinny people. It doesn't say all the smart people. It says every single one of us has been given a gift. And, and, and here's, here's the situation. We have already been given those gifts. We've already been giving, given those assignments from God. And when we choose not to do those things, what happens to the body of Christ? The body of Christ does not function the way it was designed to function. We're not doing what God wants us to do as a body if we're not doing what He's called us to do. So not all of us are going to be like the disciples and preach to our deaths. Not all of us are going to be like David, who had to stand up to a giant when we're we're boys. Um, We all have our our own gift or our own assignment from God. I want to tell you a little story about a little boy, and this little boy is, I think he's like five years old, four or five years old, and he just realizes what he wants to do for the rest of his life. I mean, he is just so excited, and I'm sure you've had, I saw a little couple little guys in here, and when they get really excited about something, they just want to tell you. They're real excited. i, I got to tell everybody what I'm going to do when I grow up. I, wanna, I, I can't wait till I get to school. Mom, Mom, I, I can't wait till I get to school because I want to share this with my class. I want to, to to share it in front of the sharing time and, and and the mom goes listen it'll be fine just wait till tomorrow you can tell your teacher well he gets to school hey teacher teacher I know what I'm going to do for the rest of my life I need to tell the class she goes well no you need to wait till show and tell time or whatever you call that opening time I don't know what do you call that Jody you're a second grade teacher, time yeah, sure. <laughs> anyway this little guy is just so excited he's bouncing off the walls and he just wants to tell everybody. Finally, it's time for him to get up there. He says, listen, I know what I want to do for the rest of my life. I want to be a lion tamer. And he said, I'm going to get into the cage with this man-eating lion, and then he stops. And you could tell he was so excited, he thought he knew what he wanted to do, but he had not thought about being in the cage with the lion. And as he stands there for a few seconds, he goes, "Oh, Oh, but my mom will be there with me. Well, you know, guys, we all have a gift. We all have a purpose. And it's not going to always be easy. It's not going to be what you thought it was going to be, probably. God is going to push us in directions we thought we would never be. I know for a fact, if somebody would have told me 10 years ago I'd be standing in front of a church preaching a sermon, I would have said they were nuts. But God has other plans for our lives. It's not going to be easy to step out and to do something that I know that each one of us, I know as you're sitting there this morning, that you know there is something that God is calling you to do. Each and every one of us has it. We have that feeling inside of us. And I can tell you this right now, it's not going to be easy, it's not going to be fun, sometimes it's going to hurt Sometimes you're going to have to move. Sometimes you're going to have to do things that you never thought you would do. But you know what? Just like that little boy, God is there with you. God is going to be right through all those things. And so I just want to challenge you this morning to listen. To listen to where God's calling you to go. Move yourself in that direction. And I can tell you from experience, too, that... Man, he will be there for you. And there's a blessing. And it goes beyond things that we think of blessings. You know, in our case, we get an awesome gift. We get to watch kids grow up. We get to watch kids go from a bad environment where they could never thrive to an environment where they can have a future. And you know what? God is leading you guys to do that too. God is leading you in a direction that that will change this world world. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much for this congregation. I thank you for their continued support of you and this uh, ministries. Not just Show Me, but this church. I mean if if they supported Show Me for fifty years and this church has supported many things in this community, Lord. So I just I just want to thank you so much for each one of these members. I want to thank you for for all that they do. And Lord, I just pray this morning, I just pray that if if there's a person out there that hasn't given their life to you and hasn't realized that you have a purpose for them, Lord, I pray that they would make that decision this morning. Lord, I pray that they would step forward in faith. I pray that they would uh, move in a way that they've never moved before. And Lord, I pray that if there are people out there this morning too that have been setting back, that know that you are pushing them in that direction. Oh, Lord, I pray that they would take that first step. I pray that they would move and, uh, and grow the body of Christ and allow the body of Christ to function the way you intended it. And all these things we pray in Jesus' name.